You're listening to the Sporting Heroes podcast. My name's Matt Jones and my guest for this episode is somebody who had a long and distinguished career in the Football League after starting his career with Liverpool. He played for the likes of Tranmere, Macclesfield, MK Dons, Brighton, Swindon and he had some quite incredible managers during his career as well, including Paul Ince, Paolo Di Canio, Dave Watson and Gus Poyer. It's a warm welcome to Alan Navarro. Good afternoon, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Great to have you on. Uh, so you had a, a longer career in the Football League, but we've got to go right back to your days at Liverpool and what a grounding that must have been. Yeah, it was, to be honest. I was actually, um, I think I was on trial with the club for about six six to eight months. Um, I was there for a long time, not knowing I was actually going to get kept on because um, loads of players around me were getting kept on. And um, it was, I was, I, it was like, wasn't too sure whether I was going to be there, uh, but obviously they the kept me on in the end, which was good. So who would you have been in an age group with at that time who went on and made it in the game? Right, so when you do, when you come through the ranks with the football, you have the year below you, yourself, your year, and you have the year above. So in my year was um, people like Richie Partridge, um, just below me was like John Miles, Stephen Warnock, and just above me was Stephen Wright, Stephen Gerrard. So we had like that sort of group. Um, so when you were around Liverpool at that time, obviously Gerard Houllier uh, would have been manager. Um, what was it like to train around the group and be around people like Gerard Houllier? It was it was strange because I was in the group with Roy Evans first, and then obviously Gerard Houllier came in, um, and that's when they'd done the sort of joint managers. Um, so that that transition was pretty strange. Um, the there was a big difference between Gerard Ulay and Roy Evans, obviously. Um, Gerard Ulay brought a lot of rules and restrictions. Um, just just basically, I can't say like professionalised the club, but he sort of changed the way. Everything was the timings, no mobile phones, what you what you ate. So there, there was a big culture change when he came into the club. And you've been around the game for a long time. Have you ever experienced before or since a joint managerial ship? Never, no. It must have been really <laughs> odd. It was strange because Roy Evans had his team and Gerard Dulé had his team. So you had like two assistants two other coaches it, it was it was a strange time it really was and <laughs> um, no one really knew who you went to if you wanted to speak to the manager or to a coach <laughs> so um yeah it, it was and i just thought the club done it just to phase roy evans out basically not to to, to sack him mm. which i don't know was it the right thing to do i doubt it um but the club will have its reasons i suppose I certainly will. You look at that time and when you signed that first professional contract with Liverpool, what what a moment that must have been for you. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember I was actually with the Chief Hartridge at the time. We just we were playing a, an under-18s match at the academy because um, we were the first, first group to go into the academy when it was open. Um, and I remember Steve Iway just pulling me and Richie after the game and just saying um, we're going to move you up to the first team with the first team squads and we're going to offer you a new deal so yeah it was it was unbelievable moment of, of my career to be honest because it, it kick-started 
obviously the next part of my career. Um, so you don't actually make a, a first team appearance for Liverpool, but you do go out on loan during that time to the likes of Crew and Tranmere. Um, is it a regret of yours that you never got to step foot on the pitch in, in a competitive game for the Reds? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was on the bench away at Roma and at home at Roma in one of the European games, a couple of European games, sorry. Um, and I played a couple of pre-season matches, but never actually got to step on the the, the pitch. The one time I went on loan um, to crew, Gerard, he said to me, um, we can send you to France. There's a team over in France who want to take you on loan, or we can send you to crew on loan. Um, and obviously I decided to go to crew. But at that time, um, I don't know who it was who got injured, but Stephen Wright actually got his chance to play it right back at the time. Now, I'm not saying I would have played, but I would have been in contention potentially if I was still at Liverpool. Um, so that was always a regret of mine, to be honest. But you do get those loan spells, which were the next step in your career, as you mentioned. And one of them uh, was to go to Tranmere, another local club for ours, where you really started to blossom. Well, I really had a great time on, on loan at Tramia. Um, I think I scored two goals in four games, which is a bit of a rarity for me. Um, and Tramia at the time, I only took, I only done a, f- a f- I think it was a month loan, um, and we wanted to extend it uh, for three months. Now Liverpool said no, and I actually had to go back to Liverpool. Um, and I think there was something, <laughs> there was something between Dave Watson and. Phil Thompson at the time, um, and I got told that it, Phil Thompson said, if you want him, you've got to buy him in January, and that's how that all come about. And you got that move, um, and that Tranmere team was a really strong team to be a part of. They had some very good pros there um, throughout your time, obviously, towards the end when Brian Little's in charge, there's the likes of Ian Goodison, but before then, your John Achterberg's of this world, your Clint Hills, your Gareth Roberts, Ryan Taylor, Ian Hume, some real stars. Well, when I signed... Um, in the January, that squad of players should have actually made the playoffs and gone back up or had a chance to go back up and we didn't. We didn't make the playoffs um, and that was the disappointment. And in that summer, they basically let everyone go. Well, not let everyone go, but they weren't, like, for example, Clint Hill walked for nothing and signed for Oldham. Um, I think Kumas went that summer as well. So there was a lot of players that went and he didn't replace them. It took them a while and they obviously got rid of Dave Watson in, in pre-season of all, of all times. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a crazy few months because um, how can I, to sack someone in pre-season before the season starts, it was like, what's going on? Who's going to come in and how's it going to work? Do you know what I mean? It was... It was a difficult time, to be honest. And I guess it was made a little bit more difficult as well by the fact that this is when the injury started to hit for you as well. Yeah, it was the what was it, the second, third or fourth game into the season. I remember it being a really hot day. Um, I remember getting, just getting the ball, I think it was off Shane Nicholson, and I turned in the middle of the pitch and tried to get away from someone, and he's come in, slide-tackled, and got me legs stuck in the ground. Um, and that's when my first cruciate snapped, which just didn't help at all. Obviously, it's you know it's, it's obviously one of those things. It's quite it's it's quite a lot of them going on in the game these days. Um, yeah, but that was one of two that I've had in my career. Yeah, wasn't when, great. When you're a young footballer and you're just making your way, and you've been a big money signing for a club, and there is a lot of excitement around you. When you go and 
do an injury like that and it's putting you out for the rest of the season, it must be really difficult and hard to take. It is difficult, it is hard, and it's happened to me twice now where, I don't know whether it's because I was injured or whatever, but it happened to me at Brighton where when I, I'd done my cruciate at Brighton that season, we won the league and got promoted, and we played four or five games at the start and then snapped my cruciate and then obviously the team went on. And it's the same with Tramia, but they never got promoted, but they had, they had one of the best seasons I've ever remember. I think it was that season, was it that season or the season It was, after? 15 unbeaten at the end of the season, wasn't it? And just missed out on the playoffs on goal difference. They were doing really well, yeah. And it's difficult to watch you, you know, because you're thinking then, if you're coming back in the next season to do pre-season, everyone thinks that you're starting off on a level playing field. You probably are, but the manager has sort of got a relationship with the team that's done well for them the season before. Does that make sense? Mm. So even though you think that everyone's starting on a level playing field, really, managers... I've got players that they trust and what might start with the team that finished the season for them. So you just you just don't know how it's going to go, really. It's, it's Obviously, it's up to you to impress in, in the pre-seasons, but if the team's done really well and was was unlucky not to do anything, then the manager will have will have his team in his head. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I've got to ask you one more thing about your time at Tram there. Uh, you leave okay. because basically they can't afford to play you for one more game because one more game would have triggered a clause to Liverpool where another payment would have been made and uh, they can't afford to do it. So you go out on loan and then eventually leave the club, which is a real shame because you were a, a, clearly a talent, but also it must have been a very odd situation for you. Well, I didn't. I actually found out from a source in the club about that. Um, because I remember them saying to me, or he was saying to somebody, I can't believe we're letting him go. We've only played one more game. We have to play Liverpool or some. Now, I don't think there was any discussion about Liverpool to see if we could wipe that fee or whether anything. But I think it got to a point as well where Brian Little brought a couple of other players in who he wanted anyway. So I don't know whether it was a combination of the both, um, really. Um, they actually offered me the last season in when I went on loan to Macclesfield, they actually offered me a pay-up to leave the club. Now, I said, I'm not leaving the club. I said, I, I want to come back, get fit, prove myself, and then I, I want to have a go with the team. Like, And um, that's when I found out, basically, that it was they were trying to offer me money to go because they, I couldn't play again, basically. Um, so, yeah, it was it was difficult to, to, to take it. Um, but, you know... It, you just got to get on with it, haven't you? It's just one of them things in football. you just got to get on with it. A really bizarre scenario. It's Radio City Talk. My name's Matt Jones. Alan Navarro, my guest. Uh, we'll just very quickly go through some of the other highlights of your career away from Merseyside. Obviously, you play under Paul Ince at Macclesfield and at MK Dons, where you have great success. And then uh, you become a real favourite down at Brighton, too. Uh, I enjoyed being under Paul Ince. Um, Obviously, we uh, we got to. I, I know I knew him anyway from Liverpool, but obviously when he came in at Macclesfield, he was a bit of a buzz around the place because we were really in a bad position at the time, and we survived that season. Um, and he got a move off the back of it, and he told me he said um, at the end of the season he said don't sign any contracts, renew anything with them Macclesfield. I want you to come with me to MK Dons, um, and he took me across, and. Again, into a brand new stadium at MK Dons. Uh, he already had a, a very good squad there. He, he added to the squad, um, and th- that team, uh, that team was a championship team um, that he, he put together because we were beating teams in the championship and we were in League Two. 
you know, in the cups and stuff like that. We had a really unbelievable team. Uh, we won the league easily. Well, not say easily. It's not easily. Sorry, but we we done really well in the league and we won the Johnston's Paint in the same year. Um, and I was gutted to see him go. To be honest, um, to see him leave to go to Blackburn because I thought. Blackburn at the time, the Premier League were overachieving, um, and, and I thought he shouldn't have gone. I thought it was. I fairly think he could have established himself as a good manager at the lower leagues and then built himself up. I think he. I think he went too early uh, for me, and um, on the back of him leaving that season, uh, Roberto Di Matteo come in for the second season at MK Dons, and me and him just clashed. Really, we just didn't get on at all. And just and that was the time for me to leave. So that's when I went to Brighton from from that following season. Mm. And Brighton and Swindon, just quickly, did you enjoy your time down there? Love Brighton. Uh, played under Gus Poyer down at Brighton. Unbelievable manager. Probably the best I've, I've ever had. Um, just lives, breeds, football, everything. It's constantly talking about it. But unbelievable time. Unbelievable place. Uh, the city, you know, it's, it's a lovely place to live. Swindon, um, as a place to live, it wasn't really for me, but you know, there was enough. There was enough lads there, especially a couple of lads from Liverpool that I knew really well, like Gary Roberts and Jay McAvely. Um and obviously our wives got on together and knew each other, so that made it a lot easier. Uh, but I wouldn't go back to Swindon to live anytime soon. Not it wasn't for me. <laughs> you think of some of the names that you've played under as a as a manager, though. You've had Dave I had Watson, a good little run, yeah, didn't I? <laughs> Gus Poyet, Paul Ince, uh, Paolo De Canio, Brian Little, obviously. At that time, was a big name as well. There's some real Andy big names. Mateo. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I had a good little run of managers. <laughs> uh, let's get on to your sporting hero aspect of the interview then on Radio City Talk, Alan. Um, who would it have been that you looked up to when you were growing up and you were kind of trying to make your way in football? John Barnes was the one that I used to love watching. Um, yeah, he he was the main the main player at Liverpool at the time that I was. I want to be John Barnes, <laughs> even though I was right-footed defender, midfield player. Um, yeah, uh, he was a great player and someone that I always looked up to. What was it like watching him play? Yeah, it was just something that every time you got it, you was just sitting at the edge of your couch waiting for him to do something, you know. And then after you're watching him, and uh, you go out in the street and you're trying to do it, what everything that he was doing. I, I just loved the way he played the game. Um, he just glided past people and it was just it made the game look so easy. And it obviously isn't. He left Liverpool in nineteen ninety seven. Was that just before you arrived? No, that was my first year YTS. So I I done we went in that season. Uh, we just started our YTS. We started our jobs. And my one of my jobs with the first team. Um, and he was obviously around then and he went that summer so we were done pre-season with him for about four or five weeks and I think he went to Newcastle was it? Was yeah. Newcastle yeah. He he wasn't he wasn't there for long and then he, and he brought Paul in soon then. So what was it like um, as a 15, 16 year old looking up to John Barnes in the dressing room even if it was for such a short space of time? Yeah it's it, 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 it's 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 surreal, you know, you, you walk into the changing room and your job is to do the, the team kit. So you have to get it, put it out, then when they've all finished, pick it up, put it in the baskets for them to be washed for the next training session. And, and you're in there constantly with them. But it's not just looking at John Barnes, you know, they're, they're all there, Fowler, Mac Manaman. The, the, the whole squad was just 
uh, players that you've been wanting to be all your all your life as a kid, you know, and you're in the changing room with them. Um, yeah, but some 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 it's, it's unbelievable experience if that makes sense. Oh, certainly. And just finally, do you remember being nervous when you did first meet him? Very. Um, I actually remember meeting him in the Liverpool because where where my mum used to live was literally just over the road from Liverpool's ground, and um, we used to always go to the into the cop the last five or ten minutes of the match and used to let you watch the last five or ten minutes and then we used to go into uh, outside the main the main car park and get the autographs of the players after the game so I met him a lot, lot a lot earlier than I did obviously as a, as a player I met him when I was about I'd say 11, 12 something like that um, and he was a player that I'd always try and go and get autographs and photos with yeah Are they uh, lying around the guy. house still? Not in this house, probably in my mum somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to dig them out. Uh, some great memories, a great person to have as a sporting hero as well. Alan, it's been a pleasure to touch through uh, some of the moments of your career and uh, thank you very much for your time this afternoon as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Former Liverpool, Tranmere, Chester, MK Dons, Brighton, Swindon man, Alan Navarro, my guest on the Sporting Heroes podcast this week. Right, if you are in lockdown at the moment and you uh, need a bit of a smile putting on your face, then you can go back and listen to some of the old episodes I've done with uh, former Everton captain Kevin Ratcliffe, uh, former Liverpool man Jamie Carragher and plenty more as well, including Neil Dans and Ian Prowse. There's loads in there. On top of that, if you hit the subscribe button, you'll get a brand new Sporting Heroes podcast in your box every single week as and when we do them.